The Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show is sponsored by Acunet Mortgage, an equal housing lender, NMLS ID 255368, and Acunet Realty Advisors, which is a separate company from but still affiliated with Acunet Mortgage. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from Acunet Mortgage and Realty's Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Well, welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm Brian Wickert, the uh, owner and president of Acunet Mortgage and Acunet Realty Advisors. And I'm joined this morning not by the uh, younger, taller, and more handsome David Wickert, but one of uh, David's team members, Mr. Kevin Custer, who is our loan consultant and chief technology wizard. Welcome uh, to the radio show, Kevin. Thank you, Brian, for having me. You bet. Uh, I was just uh, looking up, and uh, Kevin's been with us about three years and has already um, closed 314 uh, loans for the company, which would take a typical uh, loan officer, you know, working at bank at a bank, probably more like six or seven years to get that level, at least double, may, maybe a decade. And so, you know, that's why even our three-year experienced loan consultants are really just as experienced as somebody who's been in the business 10 years, more at-bats. What do you like about being a loan consultant, Kevin? Absolutely, Brian. Great question. Uh, typically, the, the biggest thing that I like about being a loan officer is being able to help people find the best deal that fits their family. Um, not everyone is a one-size-fits-all when it comes to a mortgage, so listening to your customer and, and finding what fits them best is uh, the most rewarding. Yeah, we're we're kind of the diagnosticians and you know when you're trying to help somebody buy a home that's a pretty exciting time in their life especially if they're a first-time home buyer and uh, and if you're refinancing man you know we're helping them save a lot of money what kind of refis have you been seeing lately more more the cash out or the save the payment mostly on saving the payment right now uh, rates are at a kind of a record low and uh, people are always calling in looking to be able to shave uh, a couple points off their uh, interest rate anybody trying to pay off the loan faster Absolutely. A lot of people are shifting to a 15-year fixed. Okay. Not too much demand for the 20-year, I wouldn't think, because the rate difference just isn't there? Correct. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome to the show. We'll be batting it back and forth here as we go through. Um, I was lucky enough, Kevin, uh, to be on the WTMJ 2020 uh, program, which was broadcast live all day on Monday from the Potawatomi, um, what's that called? Northern Lights theater which i'd never been to have you ever been there i have not okay really cool like a 350 seat theater uh very las vegasy and uh, one of the things that uh jeff wagner who was the host of our segment asked was what did i think the election year would do relative to interest rates and i, I tried not to be snotty when i said absolutely nothing but um the the fact is that any correlation between an election year and interest rates is pretty much just coincidental. It's not really cause and effect. But what I was able to share is that right now, the forecast from the really smart people, not me, but uh, the economists over at Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and the uh, Mortgage Bankers Association of America, they are calling for the 30-year fixed rate to stay within the range of 3.4, which is lower than it is now, to about 3.7 all of next year. How does that make you feel? It's an exciting time to be a loan officer and uh, to help people find a better payment for themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's fabulous is what I call it. <laughs> <laughs> because only at the end of 2018 
these same economists were predicting that interest rates would be at about five right now in the fall of 2019. So we are living the dream. Uh, one thing that I did read this week, though, was that um, the the risk to interest rates would be if the Trump administration does actually sign a deal with China, because that's what has the whole global economy on pins and needles, is this whole trade war between the world's two largest economies. And that has caused, you know, big angst in Europe, not to mention Britain is going to exit from the European Union at the end of this month, which to me, I'm surprised that there's not more anxiety over that, just by the way. Um, but if if uh, Trump and and, uh, and and the Chinese do come to an agreement, which they are talking, that could cause rates to go up, in my opinion, and I think the opinion of a lot of people out there. Um, so one of the things that I shared with uh, Jeff Wagner in the group on, on Monday was that if we look at the housing market in Wisconsin, or more particularly in southeastern Wisconsin, it is fabulous. It is a lot stronger in the last three years, including this year, than it was at what we used to think of as the peak of the housing market, which was back in 2007. So check this out, Kevin. Um, according to the Milwaukee or the Greater Milwaukee Association of Realtors, the MLS data, we sold 4,000 more homes and condos in 2018 than we did at what we all think of as the 2007 peak year. That's a 22% increase in the number of sales. And the dollar value was up over a billion. The total dollar value was $5.4 billion last year, and that's a 30% increase compared to 2007. Uh, median sales price is up 9% from that time period, so from 193000 in 2007 all the way up to 210 uh, last year. But there were fewer condos and single-family homes listed for sale last year. Now, this is kind of shocking. 11,600 fewer homes and condos listed in 2018 just that's just in the five county Milwaukee metro area compared to 2007. What do you think that did to prices, Kevin? Uh, definitely made them increase, sir. That's right. Are you an economics major? I am not. No. <laughs> but the old law of supply and demand is that if you've got the supply dropping by 11,600 and the demand going up by 4,000, that is the recipe for higher prices. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about a police officer that uh, Kevin helped uh, buy a home and overcome a really nasty um, medical collection that popped up at the last minute. You're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Don't just find a house, find your home. Here's more of the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. And remember, if you've got a question or comment, you can reach us on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, which is 414-799-1620. All right, so Kevin Custer's here with us, one of our loan consultants. And, um, you know, I asked him, because he knew he was going to come on the show today, is, hey, do you have a good story recently uh, that you think the audience would benefit from? And you came up with a great one where you're trying to help a uh, police officer and his wife uh, buy a home and there was a change in the credit score because of course we like to give everybody rock solid pre-approval but credit reports are only good for so long so uh, as we kind of turn the corner and they're about to write the offer we have to update their credit report and what happened 
Unfortunately, with the update in credit score, we uh, saw that there was a, a medical payment that showed up, a medical collection of uh, the amount of $40, and it uh, drastically decreased their credit score. And from what to what? Uh, we were over 740 down into the 660 range. Ooh, and what did that do? What, what, what problem did that cause relative to the transaction? Absolutely. The, uh, unfortunately, the interest rate went up. And the second thing was that uh, because we were putting less than 20% down, we did have uh, private mortgage insurance, and that also increased. And by how much? Um, by the ballpark, about $150 per month. Ouch. 150 bucks on the on the private mortgage insurance and what about on the interest rate did that or is that the sum total of both um, that would just be the private mortgage insurance on plus with the interest rate we were looking at about a total increase of about 250 dollars per month uh, to the borrower wow that is rough uh and on a, what kind of you remember what the loan amount was roughly uh, we were right in about the $200,000 range. So that's a big payment increase on a relatively, you know, middle-of-the-road type of a loan size. Uh, and why did it? Why did the medical collection show up? Was it a recent medical collection? or Believe it or not, the medical collection was about three years old. Um, the debt was actually bought from a different medical collection, and they decided it happened to be reporting at the same time that we uh, are turned around or updating the uh, credit report. All right, so let me say that a different way. So <clears throat> when you have a collection account, and you said this was from like three years earlier, Correct. collection agency number one who buys the collectible account from some medical practice, right? They say, here, I'll, I'll give you $10, and I'll try to go collect this 40 bucks. They can give up on it. And then they can later sell the right to go after that collection to a second collection agency. That agency then started to go after our home buyer, a new, right, a fresh, like, hey, now we're going to report it again. And so it was that unfortunate circumstance of this guy's $40 collection account getting uh, sold that caused the problem. All right, so what do we do to help him out? Absolutely. Kind of the first step for Acunet was to, uh, to be able to ensure that the borrower was uh, going to be able to keep the payment within an affordable means for themselves. Um, so we had our senior vice president of operations get on the phone with uh, our mortgage insurance companies and be able to find some exceptions and try to get the price point down for our borrower. So that way... Because we had the earlier credit report that said 740 and now we have this new one that's like, look, you can see what's going on here. Is this really indicative of what this borrower's credit credit you know likelihood of repaying the loan really is correct and then we found some success with our mortgage insurance companies and our investors and being able to make some exceptions and you know trying to create a, a bad scenario and and turn it into something a little bit better for our customers and then didn't you also have his wife call uh the collection agency and this is where the story really turns to uh, you know, a good ending is where we were able to get the borrower's uh, wife to call into the collection agency and, and work out a deal with the collection agency to actually have it um, deleted from their credit report in order to, and they satisfied and paid the medical bill, and okay. it was completely removed from the credit uh, report, which boosted them back to 740. And usually when you call and uh, when a consumer calls, because only the consumer can do that, the first person who answers will say no. I can't do that. And how many times, you told me off the air, how many times did she call? Three. And and what was the key to her success? Um, she was able to show some emotion and cry on the phone and uh, really show uh, the importance of being able to get this removed. And Yeah, uh, for how family. this was impacting her transaction. So there you go, folks. If, if at first you don't succeed, sometimes you got to try and cry 
<laughs> again, and don't settle for the first answer. So she called a bunch of times and got it done. Well, that that's the kind of happy ending and, and what we try to do for all of our clients. All right, you're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Getting you through the home buying process. Welcome back to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. And today also with Kevin Custer, one of Acunet's fine loan consultants, part of our millennial uh, loan consulting teams. And just by the way, a number I just looked up uh, online, the percentage of home buyers who are now millennials is 37%. Does that kind of fit with your experience of late? Absolutely. It does seem like there's a massive uptick in millennials starting to uh, seek pre-approvals and looking to pr- uh, purchase their first home. Yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, and I think this has been happening uh, for a couple of years. So we did get a text from uh, one of our listeners, Justin. Thank you for texting in, Justin. And he was asking and observing that, boy, you know, earlier in the show, I was talking about how home sales in southeastern Wisconsin were up quite nicely compared to 2007. And as a matter of fact, uh, statewide, that trend is still true, at least uh, for home sales where there's assistance from a member of the National Association of Realtors, in other words, stuff that's captured on the MLS. Uh, we've been averaging the last three years about eighty-two to 83,000 condo and home sales. And again, that's up from around 58,000 uh, back in the former boom price year of 2007. Uh, and, and so Justin's asking, boy, is there anything on the horizon that would take the air out of that balloon? And my answer is not that I can readily see. Um, and, and that's because you have this really strong demand of the largest generation ever called the millennials is still going to be in their peak home buying years, uh, for quite a while. In fact, the chart that I'm looking at from the National Association of Realtors divides the millennials into older uh, millennials, which are up to David's age. In other words, born as late as uh, 1989. And then the younger millennials, so younger people. And so the older millennials account for 26% of home sales. The younger uh, millennials are accounting for 11. So I would assume that the younger millennials, as they age up, are going to enter into that home buying. Somebody asked me this week, too, um, you know, if the millennials were buying homes. And I said, absolutely, yes, because it is the inescapable fact that as people start to get married and have children, they all of a sudden want to have a home of their own. It just kind of seems to be natural human behavior, at least here in the Midwest. All right, so in the couple of minutes we have left before the news, I would like to tell you that in September in southeastern Wisconsin, much to my surprise, home sales were up. Uh, And the reason I'm surprised is because there is a lack of listings still. We keep hearing that uh, from our real estate agent friends, and the numbers show that. So while the combined number of single-family homes and and condo sales was up in September, if you break them apart, condo sales were actually down. Condo sales, in fact, were down 7.5% in September compared to a year earlier, which was only 25 closed sales in the entire five-county area. So you're kind of dealing with the law of small numbers here. Uh, the median condo selling price was 185000 last month. That is up twenty grand, uh, or 12% from a year ago. Now, Kevin, does that mean that the value of all condos in southeastern Wisconsin went up 12%? Absolutely not. All right. Good, good answer. Proving his economist chops. 
it could be that maybe those condos are newer and better and bigger than the condos that sold last year. But there still is a decided shortage from what I'm hearing uh, from real estate agents in the condo market. On the other side of the coin, single-family detached homes, uh, those sales were up by, what percentage here, almost 8%. 1,537 homes uh, sold with the help of a realtor. And the median sales price was also up 8%. $247,500 was the median sales price. Now, if I wanted to write a true but misleading headline, I could say that the median sales price fell 3% from August because it did. But again, that's just because of the mix of homes that sold. Still very robust figures. All right, we're coming up here on the news break. And after the news, we'll give you an update on where interest rates ended the week and also just how fast homes are selling in the affordable price ranges. Helping you find a place to call home. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. All right. Welcome back. Remember, if you've got a comment or a question, you can reach us on the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line, which is 414-799-1620. I'm Brian Wickard here this morning with Kevin Custer, uh, one of our loan consultants, and uh, filling in here for David Wicker. Thanks again, Kevin, for making the trip over here from Janesville. Absolutely. Thank you again for having me on. You're welcome. And uh, so uh, let's do a little rate roundup here as we come around to the bottom of the hour. Um, interest rates touched their lows at the very beginning of September. <clears throat> then the Federal Reserve cut rates on the 19th. And in between there, and really for most of the rest of the month of September, mortgage rates actually went up a little bit. And that surprises a lot of people. Do you, did you have anybody call you, Kevin, and say, hey, I saw the Fed cut rates. Did mortgage rates drop? Absolutely. That's almost the first inclination of a, you know, a borrower looking at the, the news and seeing that the rate had, uh, you know, the Fed cut the rates, but actually, like, uh, like Brian indicated, they actually went up a little bit. Yeah, they actually went up. And that's because when the Fed cuts rates, they're really only cutting two rates that have to do with banks lending money to each other. And the only rate that is directly affected is the prime rate. Uh, the prime rate is the index that's used for home equity lines of credit. And so that dropped from five and a quarter down to five. All right, so remember that number five. And uh, let's tell you what you can get a fixed rate uh, mortgage for right now. This is on a $200,000 loan if you have 25% equity and all the other right stuff. Um, On a regular refinance where you're just looking to pay off your existing balance and lower your monthly payment, we could offer 3.625. That's an APR of 3.67. And that would be with $1,650 of total loan costs. Um, On the other hand, I bet a lot more people would rather have 3.75 with half the loan costs. What do you say, what percentage of people do you find in a refinance, Kevin, take the lower uh, closing cost? Almost 80%. Um, one, one of the big things that we do at Acunet is guide people through the different loan options that we present. And, and most people see the, the benefits that it might take eight or nine years to be able to pay points to uh, recoup the spending that they're, they're investing into lowering their interest rate. Right. And on this particular example, just by the way, the payment difference between 3625 and 375 is 14 bucks a month. So, you know, I'm sure you do this a zillion times a week. You say, well, is it worth it to you, Mr. or Mrs. or Ms., uh, to spend $825 in order to save $14 a month? 
And most people go, I will keep the $825. Even though a lot of people don't bring any cash to closing, we're very careful to point out um, what the actual cost is. Because the amount of money you bring to closing isn't necessarily indicative of the costs that you paid, which is why those guys at the Rocket do so much business, because, um, you know, their costs are really high. But it doesn't feel like they're that high when you're financing them and rolling them into your new loan amount. Uh, then on a 15-year fixed, again, this is without taking cash out, uh, the interest rate is 3.375, and that would also be with the same $834. That includes the appraisal. That includes closing. That includes the title update. We don't have any $995 loan processing fees like all the big banks seem to have these days, and certainly the lender whose name rhymes with Schmicken. Boy, I was really kind of gritting my teeth watching the uh, Brewer playoff game, at least the last one that I was tuning into, they were all over that thing. Did, were you, did you notice that? Unfortunately, I was not able to watch. Oh, okay. Well, you missed a uh, harrowing finish. All right, so the bottom line is that rates are really nice and low, and this, I want to point out, happened despite a really good jobs report or at least I thought it was a good jobs report on Friday, where we learned that the unemployment rate in America dipped to 3.5%, the lowest that it has been since 1969, 50-year low. And the economy uh, created 136,000 new jobs. So I read some headlines that were like, well, it was, it, you know, job growth is slowing down well it's like no kidding we're running out of workers how do you hire more people uh you know and what we're really doing kevin is we're drawing people off the sidelines you know who had decided to leave the workforce that's where we're getting a lot of our new workers from and you know there's not an inexhaustible supply of those people available and ready to come back to the workforce uh and by the way on friday Stocks rose one and a half percent. Stock values rose one and a half percent. That is normally then the recipe for interest rates getting worse, but didn't happen on Friday. Interest rates actually got a smidgen better. So my, my message to folks is don't dawdle. Rates are great right now. If you've been thinking of refinancing, doesn't everybody already ask you that too? Do you think rates are going to go lower? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, I can lock you in right now at 3.75 with really low cost. Well, do you think rates are going to go lower? It's like, you know, they weren't supposed to be this low. <laughs> Did I mention that, you know, less than a year ago, everybody's predicting rates would be five right now. So, you know, take let's take the bird in the hand. All right. When we come back from this break, let's talk about FHA lending and give our, our listeners, and especially our real estate agents, a little reminder on uh, some of the FHA appraisal requirements. You're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Expert advice on buying a home. Here's more of the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. All right, and I just want to remind everybody uh, a little bit about FHA loans, which are fabulous. Those are loans that are guaranteed by the federal government and the um, directly by the federal government through an insurance plan. FHA stands for Federal Housing Administration. And a home buyer uh, taking an FHA loan only has to put 3.5% down. And then they do get to pay uh, government mortgage insurance. It's not PMI, which stands for private mortgage insurance. It's government mortgage insurance. And they do pay that for the life of the loan, although it does go down a little bit every year. And they pay it for the life of the loan if they get a 30-year mortgage and I think put less than, is it 10% down? 
Yeah, Kevin. Kevin Donnie. Correct. Right? Yep. <clears throat> and so there's also an upfront mortgage insurance premium um, that the borrower is allowed to finance on top of their loan. And so the, the upshot, though, is when doing an FHA loan, there are three things that uh, are different relative to the appraisal. And and they can trip us up. And I have a story where one of them, uh, it happened this week. All right. So the story is this particular FHA appraisal was stuck uh, in underwriting, in underwriting review. And here we were now a week before the financing and appraisal contingency uh, deadline. So that's the date by which the borrower has to say either I have the loan or I don't and the appraisal is okay or it's not. And so we didn't really have for... Uh, unusual reasons, we did not know whether we would actually receive the appraisal report by next Thursday, this coming Thursday, which was the deadline. And so I was proactively on behalf of our uh, team calling the home buyers and the real estate agent to kind of game plan. Okay, what should we do? What are our options? Let's put our heads together. I've got some ideas. And so there were two things, even though we had not seen the appraisal, that our inside uh, source at the FHA uh, servicer where the underwriting was taking place could tell us. And one was that the appraiser was calling for a handrail to be installed um, anywhere where there was more than three steps, uh, a rise of three steps. Uh, Looking at the pictures from the MLS, because remember we didn't have the appraisal back yet, we couldn't tell what they were talking about. You know, there was... There was a patio or a deck in the back, and we thought, man, are they talking about the deck? And then the other thing that the appraiser had called out in the report was that there was hairline crack in the basement floor and in the um, garage floor. And we had this come up on one other FHA appraisal where when you mention something, if you're an appraiser or a lender and you bring something up, Sometimes another person in the mortgage food chain, in this case, a FHA designated uh, uh, or direct endorsement underwriter, those, those are special underwriters that make like over $100,000 a year because they have the approval to insure FHA loans. If they see that the appraiser says, well, there's a hairline crack in the basement floor, a direct endorsement FHA underwriter can look at that and say, well, does that have an impact on the foundation? Even though, you know, 99 out of 100 people will say, no, it's just a crack in the floor. Sometimes you get a direct endorsement underwriter who says, "Mm, I need to be sure. And in one case earlier this year, we had a direct endorsement underwriter say, you got to get a structural engineer to go out there and tell us there's no problem with the basement foundation. So here we are a week before the appraisal contingency. We know that there's going to be handrails uh, required, but we're not quite sure where. And we might have a problem, but we're not sure about this crack in the floor. So I get on the phone with a structural engineer that I know that's done work for me and my family in the past. And it just so happens he can go out like tomorrow and look at the property. And I say, I will pay for it, right? We will pay the $400 for the structural engineer because we're quite confident this is going to be a no-brainer. And then I said, relative to this this, you know, uh, stairway thing, you know, what, what's the story on that? And the real estate agent just went off on me and I did not appreciate it. Okay. Cause here I am trying to get ahead of the curve, Kevin, 
And she's just saying things like, well, I will call and get an extension on the, you know, offer to purchase, but I'm also going to tell that listing agent never, ever to use Acunet mortgage, you know, like ever. I'm like, wait a minute. You know, I don't appreciate that because we're trying to get ahead of the game. This is very unusual circumstances here. Um, and so, you know what? The appraisal came in on Friday and we didn't have to do anything about the crack. And then we could see the picture, and it was five steps leading up from the driveway up to the front sidewalk going into the home. So here, me, Ac uh, Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show listeners, if there are ever more than three steps in a home that's being financed with an FHA loan, those steps must have a handrail, period, dot, end of story. There was a big discussion on our phone call about, well, the local home inspector doesn't need it according to code. Code don't matter. FHA rule, more than three steps inside or outside the house, going down to the basement, going up to the second floor, going from the sidewalk up to the house, you got to have a handrail. And the other thing with FHA loans, just by the way, any broken glass, has to be fixed and any chipped or peeling paint. So if you are a buyer or a real estate agent and you're working on a purchase transaction where there's peeling or chipping paint, you're going to have to have that scraped and painted. Why? Lead poisoning. And that is not uh, something that can be waived. If there's any kind of a trip hazard like uneven pavement, that's going to have to be fixed. And any broken glass or steps, more than three steps, going to have to have a handrail. All right, there's your FHA primer for the day. Uh, when we come back, we're going to tell you how well we did at the Milwaukee Habitat Gala this last week and uh, give you the details on that. You're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Well, this last Thursday, we got together for the annual Milwaukee Habitat for Humanity Gala, and we held it for the second year in a row at their 100-year-old uh, wood shop right there on Holton, just south of WTMJ. And in fact, we had some WTMJ folks at our table who asked some excellent questions, uh, one of which was, you know, t typically, Kevin, a lot of people think that the habitat's a giveaway, that people get a house for nothing or something like that. And that's far from the truth. Uh, the homeowners have to complete uh, homeownership education, first of all. They have to have a job because they are going to pay back a mortgage. Now, it's a lower interest rate mortgage, somewhere between 0 and 3%, depending on their income. Uh, and they have to put in about seven full-time weeks of donated labor. Half of that can come from their family members or friends, but they have to really put in. There are not many people I know who would, in addition to working their job, be able to do, you know, almost two months of donated labor. You got to squeeze that in while they're working. Um, so it is not a hand out. It is definitely a hand up. And one of the questions that a WTMJ person asked us was, um, hey, do people get into these homes? Is there any like restriction on them flipping them? And I said, yes, there is. There's a five-year recapture of some kind if they, if they flip the home, but they don't do it. In fact, because they have so much vested uh, in the property, I mean, literally their own sweat, maybe a little blood if they swing the, swung the hammer incorrectly, like I've done on occasion. Oh, there's Kevin's showing me a, black, a blackened nail, um, thumbnail, that is. So 
the answer is no. And in fact, the featured family who was featured in a really well done video uh, had been in their Habitat home 20 years. 20 years. They are not leaving. And so what's really cool about what Habitat has been doing the last five years is not only are we helping individual homeowners, but then we're really concentrating our firepower in uh, specific neighborhoods. We did Washington Park, um, and now uh, last year we started in the Midtown neighborhood, which is where our most recently sponsored home is. Um, and we're going to be doing that another year and also expanding into the Harambe neighborhood, which is all around North Avenue, like in the 20s and, and 30s of streets. So the terrific news, um, Ekina put a match out there uh, for $65,000 we ended up doing. And together, everybody who attended that gala, we raised a grand total of $360,000, which was 60000 more than the goal that the organization had sent. So thank you to everybody who attended that. That is a fantastic organization that does great work in our community, and we are delighted to be part of that. Uh, one thing we mentioned uh, at the tease of the show was that we've had some loans lately where we all have to ask the question, uh, have you gotten, are you involved in a lawsuit? And we've had some people say, yes, we don't have time to answer that question right now. We'll get to that. Well, when we're back, I don't know if we have a show next week or not. Are you familiar with the Packers schedule? If there's a noon game, we don't have a show, but we'll get to that in another, uh, another episode of the show for right now. I just want to remind folks that rates are really low. You know, we're talking about 3.75% with no points on a 30-year fixed, only $834 of closing costs. The APR is 3.79. And that is fabulous. Uh, don't count on the rates getting lower. That may not happen. Could it happen? Sure. It might, but they might not. And so uh, it's, why not find out exactly how much you can save? Kevin might answer. Kevin might be your loan consultant. Now you know how smart he is. He, he might be the guy that comes back to you with some numbers. Also, though, still time to uh, buy a home yet this, this year. I've bought homes in November and December. And if you want to get started with that, why not let us help you? With a rock-solid guaranteed pre-approval, you can get started with that or a no-social-security number-required refi checkup by clicking on that blue button at acunet.com. That's all we have time for today. You've been listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. The proceeding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts or guests of Acunet Mortgage and Acunet Realty Advisors and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.